When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 Brittany's hand and Shane Diefenbach here with the PHNX Sun Devils postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Join now today using promo code PHNX. Um, and you'll get $100 in free bets when you place $1 on any NFL game and either team scores a point. A Sun Devils win. I'm joined with by, by Brittany Boyer on the field. Brittany, how are we feeling down there? It feels absolutely amazing. There's a lot of energy out here tonight. You know, obviously it wasn't the same type of performance in the second half that they had against UTLA, but still a strong performance nonetheless, able to get the job done and moving on with another win, you know. Coming into this game, they weren't really sure what to expect. They had already said that. They felt like it was BYU 2.0. So I think everyone right now just is breathing a sigh of relief on this team. You know, another one in the books, like they said, one at a time. And now it's time to move on to the next one. Yeah, it was um, up until the end of the game. Uh, one of our keys was obviously discipline. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, there was one penalty for 10 yards. Uh, yeah, that, the, that was the all fouls. they had. And that was yes. a huge blow to see them do that. You know, the one foul for 10 yards, really looking up. I had just been looking up at the scoreboard. I was sitting at the opposite end zone on the ground and the big scoreboard over here. And, you know, I was looking at that. They were showing all of the stats before, you know, ASU secondary really got burned tonight when you sat down and looked at the yards. They gave up over 300 passing yards tonight to McKee. I thought that that was big, um, especially going into next week. I think that's going to be something that they're really going to need to focus on. Up at the front, they really did a great job of stopping the run most of the night. But in the back, you know, that, that secondary did give up quite a few big plays. So I think that's going to be a focal point for them. But, yeah, like you said, it was kind of disappointing to see at the end that drive, that final drive down the field for Stanford when Arizona State's defense kind of just gave up 45 yards and just let them go right down. But, I mean, shout out to them for that interception. It stopped them from being able to score and kept the score 28-10. So, you know, that took a lot of uh, pressure off of the offense in terms of having to go back out there. And I, would, I don't know how much pressure there would have been. I, I'm not really sure how much time was left. They need to go back and look at that. But that's something to consider, you know. They, you never know, depending on how much time's left. Stanford might want to come out, onside kick, do something crazy. And who knows what could happen. I mean, right, it's a Pac-12 game on a Friday night. Anything goes. So. Yeah, for sure. There, yeah, there was probably about five minutes left when they were inside of the red zone before that interception that sealed it uh, by George Clark. But uh, it, it's totally a bend-up-break mentality, especially when it gets later in that game. I mean, nine of the ten drives they had were in ASU territory, and they only ended up with ten points. Um, so that was showing, again, tonight. Uh, it was it, it was really complete. Um, as we talked about, that swagger was just there for this ASU team. Yes. Um, especially after that, as Bailey said, innovative interception. It was very Ed Reed-like um, by Jack Jones to, to pitch it to yeah. Pierce. Um, and that kind of got everything going, and this defense started playing a lot better. You know, 207, I think, passing yards given up in the first half wasn't great, but they kind of locked it down and sealed it um, and really got everything going today. The running backs, again, looked great. I mean, you just you, you can't give enough credit to them. 
Yeah, and I mean, Jack Jones was close with a couple of other interceptions, too, on the night. Yep. I believe Pierce, um, besides the interception he had in the first half, um, I think he almost had another one or some other point in the game. So, you know, in terms of the aggressiveness and trying to make those plays, the defense did look good. But then you also see them give up big plays that allow, you know, 15-plus yards. And when they're on third downs, I feel like that's a really crucial thing. Or even when they were allowing them to complete the plays, going forward on, like, fourth and three, fourth and one, and they're getting a first down and then some. So. Yeah, um, I think the player of the night, though, um, even with the incredible play by Jack Jones and um, the secondary, they just got burned by a little too much for a little too many yards. I think Tyler Johnson was probably the biggest impact on this defense. Oh, 100%. Um, he had huge, two huge sacks tonight in the game that were just absolutely critical and really helped to keep that momentum in favor of the Sun Devils. So I, I do agree. He had an outstanding performance tonight. So, yes, player of the game for sure. Yeah, um, and it, it goes back to that bend up break. It's 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 not sending uh, five or six every time uh, to get pressure. It's sometimes just letting those front four guys step up. And DJ Davidson had a couple big plays. Um, as we talked about, Tyler Johnson played great. Um, and Darius Butler just hits hard. I say it every time, but my God, he hits hard. I'm sure you can hear it down there on the field. Your boy Merlin Robertson had a really nice stop right here yeah. by the goal line, too. So, you know, it was nice to see him. Making some plays. He's been relatively quiet this year, so you know that was um something different that we haven't seen yet. So that yeah, was, he, that was nice. Yeah, he he's been quiet, but uh, only on the stat sheet. He he he's always there, but it doesn't show up. It's a lot of intangible stuff. Um, and it was also good yeah. to see Eric Gentry. He was there a lot out, out there a lot tonight, communicating. And as a freshman, it's just incredible. Just that six six frame adds so much to the Sun Devil defense and the linebacking core. You know who else had a really good night tonight, too, in terms of offense was Curtis Hodges. I felt like he had quite a few big grabs. It would have been clutch if we could have seen Gordon Porter reel in that uh, really long pass yeah. that they did on a first and 10 um, into the end zone. Couldn't pull it in, but, you know, I feel like he's one of those kids that's still getting a little bit more experience from the players that are around him that have a little bit more um, – a little bit more from different coaches that they're pulling. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what he's able to do as he continues to develop and uh, grow throughout the years. Because I don't think he's going to be a player who after his junior year immediately leaves. I, I expect him to stay. So as he gets older and progresses, I, it will be absolutely amazing to see him reel in some of those catches like that for a big play and a big touchdown. Yeah, I mean, this this wide receiver core is not only deep, but super young. Um, Elijah Badger had a great uh, end around reverse after that crazy end around reverse flea flicker for the touchdown or for the, for the long game that ended up in the Elijah Badger touchdown. Um, so that was really fun to see. There's just so many weapons that Jaden Daniels has to throw to. So the yeah. idea of having an Ayuk, uh, it's, it's kind of thrown out the window. It doesn't really matter. You don't need Pierce Hall to go for 100 yards every night. You can have 20, 30 from Bunkley Shelton, 50 from Hodges. Mm -hmm. you, you can get wherever you want it. And that was something that they showed in the first game of the year when we didn't really see any certain receivers step up. It was kind of just a little bit of everywhere. He was sharing the love, spreading the love with everybody. And so I feel like that's kind of – we've talked about that. We weren't sure what mentality they were going to take going through the season. But – Shane, at the halfway point, I would say that I think that uh, the overall vibe is that they're not really depending on one specific guy this year. They want to share the love. They want to share yep. the sugar. And I feel like that's what I'm taking away from it. Absolutely. Um, Bailey in the chat says, expected ASU to win, uh, but expected Stanford to be much closer in this game. Credit to the defense. Also, side note, congrats to the Mercury. That game was incredible, by the way. Yes, it but, was. I got the update yeah. by three. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was it was great. Uh, uh, Diana Taurasi, of course, had some choice words to say after that game. But the, yeah, the <laughs> defense tonight, um, it, 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 that swagger, even giving up that many yards, it's the it's again the bend don't break. It, it's so impressive to see them really just stick their foot mm-hmm. in the ground, um, and and keep keep the Devils alive, uh, uh, or keep the Devils uh, get the, get the offense back on the field. I mean, um, and yeah, and, and kind of tire out the, their defense. So it, it's encouraging Every- to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say every single time that it seemed like Stanford was getting somewhere offensively, you know, something would happen. ASU's defense would step up and it would force them right back off the field. And it never allowed them to really get into a momentum, get into a rhythm or really find their game. The Sun Devils forced them to play by their game plan. And I felt like that was really what worked out best for them. You know, they came in, they were the more dominant team the entire time and it worked out. And this is the type of Sun Devil football that we've collectively been talking about seeing. And, you know, like we said, wasn't as great of a game as we saw against UCLA, but still, nonetheless, two back-to-back solid performances from the team. And, you know, at this point in the season, they were ranked. There was a lot of question marks coming into this game on if Arizona State could clean things up in terms of the penalties and with turnovers and stuff. What's up, Lotong Capone? Good to see you. But, um, yeah, you know, to see them come out and do this two weeks in a row, I think it really solidifies where they're at at this point in the season, they've got their heads screwed on straight and they're locked and loaded for the next six games, finishing things out from here. So, you know, this was a great performance. It's what you really, really like to see. And, you know, you got to just hope that, like Herm Edwards said after the week one, you know, fixing things in practice is a lot easier after a win. This is a huge win. There's still a couple things to fix, but really it wasn't a terrible game. So I'm excited to see what they end up working on this week in practice. Yeah, so going back to the 356 passing hours they allowed, um, I feel like that was kind of the game plan going into this game was uh, adapt that better, um, embrace that bend don't break mentality and uh, make sure that you don't give up any shot plays. And they brought up an interesting stat on the ESPN broadcast tonight. ASU is the only team in the FBS right now that hasn't given up a play over 40 yards, which is just so telling to this team. Yeah, and that's something that I do want to point out. You know, Arizona State has been one of those lone remaining defenses in years past that hasn't given up a play of 40 or more yards. So to see it happen again, it just shows that this staff has them on track. You know, anything that anyone else is saying, that's outside noise. You know, this staff has them locked down. They're doing what they need to do. They're playing the way that they need to play. And the fact that they are the only FBS team whose defense has not given up a play of 40 or more yards, that speaks volumes in itself. Yeah. Um, Sorry, so let's my math go, keeps falling down. <laughs> all good. So let's go back to the first quarter. Um, the thing that kicked everything off, the 52-yard, 51-yard run by Jaden Daniels. Uh, pump fake, calm, cool, collected. Jaden Daniels taking mm-hmm. off in the pocket. And was that not the easiest-looking 50-yard touchdown run you've ever seen? Oh, it looked so nice. He looked smooth. Kind of like you said before, the swagger was out there. Look good, feel good. This team came out looking good, playing good, feeling good, and confident as hell. And I feel like it shows. They're getting more confident with every game, but not cocky. And that is a key difference, I feel like, between this team and teams of years past. You know, this team still seems like they're very motivated. They still know that they have a lot to do, a lot to prove. They didn't get to have the season that they wanted to have last year. They didn't start things off the way they wanted to start off. There's a lot of things come uh, floating around. They know that they control their own destiny right now, and all they have to do is just stay focused and get the job done day in, day out. And that goes for practice, and it all starts there. And I feel like they have a really solid foundation going on over there, so it's been pretty good for them. 
Yeah, and I think this offense, um, skill players aside, Jaden's great quarterback play again aside, um, the thing that was – and the running backs, of course, the thing that was able to kind of kickstart this offense and keep it going through the whole game was that offensive line. They were winning almost every battle up front. Oh, they looked great. Holes were so, so big when they were able to burst out and – um, and even pulling down field on these RPOs and, and uh, design quarterback runs, they, they just look sweet. But, and you know what? We have to touch on the offensive line a little bit more because, you know what, if you've been a Sun Devil like I have, you know, when I was going to school here, I started in 2011. It was 10 years ago. I still can't believe it. But the offensive line has not always been what it is now, especially in the years when Todd Graham was here. They struggled immensely towards the end of his tenure. Because it shortcutted the way that they recruited things. They had a lot of junior college kids come in, start, and then when they would leave, they didn't really have anyone else coming in. And the guys that they did have that were younger that they recruited weren't necessarily the strongest player. They didn't really develop the way you wanted them to develop. So now you're seeing Herm bringing in kids who are coming, like Ladarius Henderson coming out of high school, who's absolutely huge. He's getting the job done. He makes a huge difference out there, and he's young. So you see players like that, and then you have them mixed with players like Henry Haddis, who is a sixth-year senior because he had a redshirt year of eligibility to use last year and then the additional year because of COVID. So then you get to put him next to somebody like Henry Haddis and get their experience and kind of, have them share knowledge while mostly Ladarius taking knowledge from Henry. But still, it's one of those things, you know, this offensive line is huge. I, I want to give a huge shout out to the coaching staff that's come in. They've done a great job of turning things around um, in terms of the recruiting, the product on the field and what they've been able to do for the run game. Um, you know, at, at, this team is just so different from years past. The more I sat here and thought about it tonight and kind of reflected on it, the more obvious it was like this truly was a very defensive minded team and they didn't quit the whole night. It was there. I mean, yes, they had a couple missteps down here with the penalties three in a row, but that was really like the only issue that they had. And I think they just were getting a little excited and just wanted to get the game done and over with, you know? Yeah. And, and that good offensive line play um, not only helps Jaden, but also gives him more confidence to stay in the pocket and be able to do what he loves to do. And that's throw the football downfield. And he had yeah. a couple really good throws, really oh, nice strikes outside of the um, outside of the tackles, but or outside of the uh, tackle box. But the throw that he missed at the end of the game, like the steal, that would have been so beautiful if it hadn't been a little bit underthrown. Yeah, if it hadn't been a little bit underthrown. Yeah, you know, he, Dane Daniels really did look good tonight. He looked like he was in his zone. He was vibing. He had a couple really, really beautiful passes. Um, again, no interceptions. That's always nice. We do talk about turnovers being something previously in this point or in the year. You know, leading up to this game, Arizona State had no turnovers against UCLA, so it wasn't so much of an issue at this game. The one fumble, but still, I think that that's pretty good given that the game against BYU, they had four turnovers. So, you know, you take a lot of things into consideration that Arizona State's focusing on and working on week after week and what they're putting on the field. And there's some differences. You're seeing slowly the progression. And for the midway point in the season, I really have to say, I don't think that I've seen another Pac-12 team that looks more like a title contender than Arizona State, um, except Oregon. And Oregon lost. Um, they have one loss, too. So, you know, it's going to be interesting going into this Pac-12 championship game when that point in the season gets here. But, you know, I, I really think that is the fact that the Devils control their destiny at this point in the year. And, and you know, they just had this huge win over the only other team in the Pac-12 besides Oregon that anybody's really talking about. So it's absolutely huge. It was a Friday night game. It was one of the only college games being played tonight. It was broadcast 
nationally. So, you know, there were a lot of eyes on it. So they have to be feeling good right now. Absolutely. Um, Low Tonka Home brings up a point that I want to touch on. He says, we need to, get, we need to make it a point to give uh, Ngata more touches. But in a backfield this talented, it's so hard to do that. And I think they're doing the right thing by kind of using him as a scheme guy and later in games. He does look good on the ground. We have to remember how young he is and how talented the guys above him are. I mean, Rashad White uh, is the most used running back in, in the Pac-12 right now, and that's a lot to do with Chip's injuries. But yeah. at the same time, the, this team is the, – the running back core is so talented that there isn't really a lot of room for extra touches. And I, I, as it is now, I think they run the perfect amount. So um, moving forward, they're going to be using him a lot more, but not probably not this year. Not this year, but you know what? It was nice to see him get out there and get after it a little bit. I felt like they used him more tonight than they used Trainum. Um, Trainum was kind of their go-to guy for the first quarter, and then he didn't do much after that. So to see Daniel and Gotta be able to be the one taking the ball down and getting a little bit more of those touches tonight was uh, telling in terms of what he's capable of and his potential, but it also was just uh, – one of those things where you know you have another offensive weapon and he's young so that's a yeah. that's another positive right there yeah chip was uh nine for 50 and um uh rashad white was 13 for 96 i think not, uh, okay and gata was five for uh 21. uh he had some good runs um but i mean the, the two talented backs are clear and I, and i think to me um i was wondering this i was like how are these guys they all run of similar they're all really patient they wait for the blocks to develop and they burst through and i was thinking about it and it's probably on the coaching staff it's probably on guys like herm and zach hill who are telling them hey look we're setting up these plays for you our offensive point is good enough to win these battles in the trenches just wait for your hole and burst and they all do that they all take a couple steps read what the defense is giving them and then attack it and it's super impressive to see guys so young and uh, and older guys like Rashad white um, take advantage of, uh, of what the defense is giving because it's rare yeah, it is rare. And, you know, it's nice to see them really. It's nice to see this offense being able to jive and, and, and actually get big plays off and not rely so much on just little plays to move the ball down the field. Or the fact that they also can do that and chip, chip, chip away at moving the chains down the field instead of just relying on a big play. They're very versatile. But, oh, well, that was not that was a play on words, but not intentional. But I'm talking, you know, you just slowly you just slowly go and you chop away at moving the chains, chop away at moving the chains. Hey, Some teams aren't very good at that. Some teams are not. That's not a strong point. They rely on yeah. big explosive plays to get the job done. And at one point in the year, kind of looks like Arizona State might be moving towards that For kind sure. of a team. But now, you know, that that shows to just be it was like a one one off type of game thing where they were having a couple of issues and getting situated. And so, you know, it is very refreshing and it should be uh, one of those things that makes makes fans feel a little bit more comfortable and settled at this point in the year. Yeah, um, and going back to the defense, um, one thing I just want to say straight up, Jack Jones is probably the best corner in the Pac-12 right now. I dude, mean, Jack dude Jones is, is insane. absolutely insane. Um, also, let's touch for just a brief second on Chase yeah. Lucas because he never ended up yeah. – uh, at least I didn't see him come back out after halftime. No, he didn't. Um, so, you know, best wishes to him. He's somebody who you really don't want to be – uh, without on the sidelines. He's a very vocal leader. He's a guy who's very emotional, but um, controlled for the most part when he plays. He brings a lot of energy and he really embodies what it means to be a Sun Devil. Um, he's one of the longest, I don't want to say tenured players on the team, but you know he's been here for a while because yeah. he had his red shirt years. Well, he's kind of in the same boat as where Henry Haddis is at, but you know not a transfer from a different school. So 
he's somebody that you don't want to be without sending him the best wishes for a speedy recovery. We know he was in concussion protocol a couple weeks ago, and I don't know what happened in tonight's it's game. A, I have no update, no reports. So don't take anything I say. Yeah. But, so, yeah, so, just, so what I heard it was, it's a back contusion. It was a, it was a bad collision where I think a helmet went to his back. Um, and I, as soon as I saw the play, I knew something was up because he started grabbing that back. Um, so I, I hope he's okay. And it's a little, um, it, it, you kind of find, um, find something good in that because uh, the guys that were able to step up to Marcus Davis, uh, Jordan Clark, all, all the corners that were able to play more yeah. played really, really well. I mean, Jordan Marcus Clark Davis, had that clutch yeah. interception at the end of the yeah. game. And Tamarcus Davis saved points at the end of that first half by tipping in the ball back to uh, Keon Markham um, for the pick yeah. at the end of the first half. So it, it's really impressive to see um, all these different guys step up. And that's just that's what the Sun Devils team is. If there's an identity of the Sun Devils team right now, it's that next man up mentality and how deep this team yeah. is. I mean, they have two or three guys that can play without missing a step at every single position. And it's it's so impressive. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, they did. They also talked about it being a next man up mentality. Uh, that was what it happened at UCLA, you know, and then you had uh, Dentry come in and play absolutely great. And then um, who else had, that had a, a sack in that game who was running around? He was saying that they were running. Stanley Berryhill, I believe, yeah. had a sack in that game, and he was running around telling everybody, I got a sack, I got a sack. And yeah. then Herm Edwards was like, Stanley, you got a sack. The <laughs> game's not over yet. We still got to play. So, like, yeah. stay focused. But – you know, it's one of those things where you see the other players have a chance to, to come in and, and develop and get a little bit more experience and do some things. So it's nice. It is nice. I do agree with that. And and you know what else is nice? A Rashad White a Rashad White hurdle. It is so impressive. That was savage. I got that on video. I was trying to get it to where I could send it to you, but my camera would not connect. But we're going to have some sick highlights for the yeah. shows this upcoming week because I got pretty much everything except for the DeAndre Pierce interception for a touchdown. That was the only yeah. thing I didn't get. So not only am I very stoked on um, this Sun Devil win, I'm also stoked because I took ASU spread minus 13 and a half, um, and I was getting a little nervous there at the end. But if you want to take ASU spread with me anytime or any other football game or any other sport, cricket for that matter, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, when you sign up using promo code PHNX, you can get $100 in free bets. If you bet on an NFL game and either team just scores one point, my last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. Um, DraftKings customers also get skin in the game with the same game parlays, which is something that I also did tonight. Um, I parlayed the first quarter money line, the first half money line, and the spread, um, and won some big bucks. You can combine them and get some nice odds on that. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. Best of all, you can with withdraw and deposit money whenever you want. A lot of these other apps you can't. DraftKings is the best for that. So download the DraftKings Sportbook app today. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet just $1 on any NFL game. Get $100 in free bet if any team scores a point in that game. That's promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus Arizona only. DM with a problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. That uh, landscaping there on that field looks nice, Britt. It looks really nice, but if you want to keep it nice and trimmed up and celebrate a win just like these boys want to celebrate a win by going out and having some fun and partying, make sure you get Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 will get you all taken care of so that way you can go out and have lots of fun and no one's going to talk about you being gross. So, yeah, make sure you get it. Go to manscaped.com. Use our code PHNX. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. So, again, that's PHNX. 
at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Now, going back to what you were saying, though, about the bets and about uh, DraftKings, they did not cover tonight, did they? Because wasn't it 51? Oh, the over-under? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was 51, the over-under. So I didn't touch that. I, I, I didn't trust anything. And I didn't think Stanford was going to score enough. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were either. And I, it's always hard to tell how many points, you know, Arizona State's offense is going to do. Like, it's put up. Because I feel like it's... It's very consistently around that 28 to 31 point margin, I feel like. That's a very, very normal amount of points that I feel like they've scored in the Herm Edwards era. So, you know, you don't really anticipate that they're going to go much over it. But then you see the game like UCLA where Arizona State was able to run away with it in the second half. But it was already a pretty high score at half, you know. So it's one of those things you just really you don't know what you're going to get. I feel like a lot of times it depends on the team that they're playing to, um, what kind of tempo they have and what they expect. And, this team, nobody really knew what to expect. I was saying it um, for a couple years. I have had no idea what to expect with the Stanford team. They're one of those elusive teams that you kind of just get into the game and hope the best, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, so since it's about the halfway point in the show um, and we're the pessimists that we are, we've touched on the good. We've beaten it to death. Let's let's talk about the bad. Um there were a couple times in the game where I think Arizona State could have stepped on their throats, and they didn't. Um, whether that's yes. giving up a long third down or uh, or not taking a shot play, um, I thought the play calling was fantastic. But there were some little over conservative calls in that third quarter. Um, there's some manscaping going on behind you, Brittany. Um, I know. I'm like making sure Brian already had told me to come on this end of the field, so <laughs> I'm making sure I'm not about to get taken out. They had like a plow that came past me, which is why I panned my camera this way before because it was super loud. But yeah, some manscaping. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Speak, Continue, Shane. No, you're good. Speaking of plowing, um, there were some really big holes in that um, Arizona front on defense early. Um, they fixed that. They started stuffing the run pretty good. Um, and that opened up the pass. But, again, I think that was more for, from the game plan. But other than that, I thought the defense was pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Except the, the, the 204 passing yards were worrisome at the start because I thought that was going to uh, translate to points, and it never ended up doing that. Doing that. So um, 204 passing yards in the first half doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, realistically, walking away from this game, I mean, I think you need to look at if your defense, okay, and we, we also have talked about this, you know, this might have been their plan, but, not allowing so many passing yards. Granted, Arizona State is getting ready to take on Utah, and Utah is historically more of a run-game team um, type of offense. So I'm not so much expecting that to be an issue for them in the next game next week. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the weeks following because, you know, then you you start getting into the – I mean, Washington State is a hard game. I don't want to say it's a hard game. It's a game that they should be able to win, but – as a fan, it's kind of one of those games where, you yeah. know, a lot of people I know are going to be looking at it from the outside with that that mentality that's very pessimistic because it's a game that Arizona State should win and it's homecoming sure. and watch them blow this game. Um, but I really don't think that it's going to be like that for them against Washington State. But then you have to start looking into, you know, after that they have USC and they have that late trip up to Corvallis in November. That I scares me. I always despise the fact that, that Arizona State has to go me. to Corvallis in November. I don't like that. I really don't. And so I think yeah. that's going to be – one of their biggest um, games on, on the schedule that they have to look forward to. But taking it one game at a time, going to Utah next week, I think that, um, like we said, you know, just really focus on making sure that your gaps sound for that run game, making sure that the defense doesn't have uh, any holes that allows Utah to take advantage of that and be explosive running up down the field. Um, and then, you know, making sure that if they do decide that they're going to pass you, lock it down and you don't allow them 
to have those big plays of 20 or more yards. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking on the bad, this isn't bad for ASU, but this is just bad for um, feeling bad for a human. Um, their, uh, their freshman kicker, Emmett Kenny, that was his first collegiate kick for Stanford ever on the PAT mm-hmm. when he hurt himself. And I don't understand what it was. It was a non-contact thing. Might yeah. have been a hit, like a hip flexor or something. But prayers out to that young freshman. That sucks. I did not know that that was his first time out there kicking in a game. That's that is rough. But you know, we did. I was on the opposite end of the field again uh-huh. for that play, and I was not really sure what had happened because it didn't look like he got hit. But the next time I knew I saw him, he was down, and so you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But I do want to touch on something that Low Tone Capone said. Utah is going to play with heavy hearts. That is very true. That was something I hit on in yesterday's yeah. show when we were talking about our predictions for this week for Utah versus USC. Both of them have a lot of disarray in their program right now and a lot of uh, emotions, but Utah's emotions are a little bit more of something that you're able to feed off of and make into something in, in that comeback story where USC is kind of just an absolute train wreck for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's going to add a lot to this game. Um, uh, it's another, it's an early game. It starts at 7 PM. Um, so so at least it's not a 7:30 start. We'll be able to come to you a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for that game. Um, it's gonna be another put up or shut up. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> uh, well, I'll talk about the bad from the um, ASU offense while Brittany's handling that. Um, the the first thing that I want to touch on is Jaden Daniels, as good as he is, is still dealing with some misfires. Um, whether it be missing Ricky Pearsall across the middle of the field. And, and I'm not saying he has to be perfect by any means because he's a college junior, true junior. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a collegiate athlete after all. All good? Yeah, so I told you I had a feeling that they were going to try and kick me off. And apparently yeah. they had a rule this year that no one was allowed to do stand-ups, which I never got that email, so welcome to my <laughs> life. But, hey. Um, anyways, they told me as long as Brian Johnson told me I could be down here, I'm good. And Brian said I was good. So, hey. Cool. Well, but, yeah, you know, just one anyway. of those things. I'm just I'm just waiting. You know, I've already pissed yeah. off ASU Athletics quite a bit. So just <laughs> can't wait for another email to come my way. Um, all right. So I was talking about the offense. Uh, you know, J- Jaden still has the tendency to miss a couple throws. Um, and that's fine yeah. how talented his arm is. And he makes throws that he shouldn't be able to make anyway. So that's the only bad thing I could see about this game from him. Besides, the one time I've seen Jaden Daniels misread a read option. Um, it was late in the game to put it away. Another time they could have put it away. It was third and I want to say three or four. Um, and instead of handing it off to, I think, Chip, he took the ball and uh, it was he was very contained on the outside. And if he would have handed the ball off, it would have been an easy first down. Um, but that was only one missed read. I mean, all the other reads he made tonight were phenomenal, whether it be an option, uh, a pitch or whatever. It, it was fantastic. Nobody puts Britt in the corner. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Don't you know who I am? I'm nobody important. I'm really just some fucking idiot who never knows what's happening and walking around <laughs> always confused. But, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, um, another thing that was a little weird about the offense is it started to stall at the end of that first half. Um, I don't know if it was them just trying to be a little bit, you know, conservative and play it smart, trying to get a field goal. It looked almost looked like they were, like they were trying to settle for a field goal um, before they had to punt uh, or before – yeah, so it's it, – to me, it's just like there's the little things, but the little things. If that's what I'm, if I'm digging for small bits that I don't like, that means ASU did a pretty damn good job tonight. 
Yeah. Yeah, they did. I think overall it was still a great game, like we said. Pretty pretty overall complete. A um, couple different things we would still like to have seen, but overall no no glaring complaints at, at this point. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add before we get you on out of here so you don't get uh, arrested? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? I thought it was a great turnout tonight. I felt like Sun Devil Nation did a really good job of packing the stands for a Friday game. I did not expect that. Um, so shout Great. out to everybody who came out. I felt like it was a really good turnout and uh, shout out to the devils for the win. I thought that, you know, it was great. And, and what they're, what they're doing right now, it, it gets me excited. Cause Hey Shane, we might be on our way to the Rose bowl in uh, December to go cover Pac-12 championships. Knock on that goddamn one. Or not right Pac-12 now, championship, but uh, the, the Pac-12 title contender game in their bowl game, I should say. Whatever they want to call it, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I liked mostly what I saw tonight. Um, a little, a couple things that you need to clean up, but nothing glaring from this ASU team. Um, offense looks good. Defense looks great. Um, don't be scared by the numbers. If we're looking strictly at the stats, you might see a completely different game than what was played tonight. Um, ASU's defense Gave those passes up mostly. There were a couple teams that were outliers across the middle that were big games and some some passes that should have been defended. But other than that, I feel like the game plan was to let them dink and dunk their way down the field and we'll put our, put our feet in the ground and make sure they don't get in the end zone. But other than that, I thought the defense played great. I thought the offense was good enough. Um, there are a couple things. But other than that, I, I, I think it was a pretty damn complete game from this ASD football team. Yeah, you know, I think it was another great showing. I think two weeks in a row, you go out, you dominate, you look great. And, I mean, you have to make the argument Arizona State has to be within the top 20 in this week's rankings that come out. I really Absolutely. don't see any way that they're not. Um, and especially when you play a Friday night game when there's not a ton of other colleges with games going on. On ESPN, you know that people got it, got to see it. You know that people on the East Coast who do those rankings that don't always get to catch all the Pac-12 games got to see this game. So this is huge. Yeah, and let's hope uh, BYU can stay undefeated against uh, Boise State on tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. let's, let's keep let's keep that going. Uh, make make ASU's record look be- uh, or loss look a little bit better so, every day. Here's my thinking: everyone needs to campaign and bandwagon for BYU to go undefeated this year, and then absolutely <laughs> shit the bed in a bowl game later, so they have that one loss, but like won't go to the national, like the college football playoffs or anything, you know? But but ASU still looked good because their one loss was only yeah. BYU. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the circle, the circle. So. Yeah, we love we love the circle. Um, all right, guys, uh, another great postgame show. Good Devils win. I'm excited to talk Utah next week, uh, Saturday at good. 7. We'll be back on Monday live. Is that where we're going to go? We're still Tuesday. figuring that out. Tuesday, Tuesday live. live. All we'll right, have our podcast Tuesday. Monday mm-hmm. and then live show Tuesday, yeah. Make sure you go to GoPHNX, check it out. We're going to have a post-game story up for you guys by tomorrow, mid-morning or so. So, yeah, check it out. Become a member. We'd love to chat with you over there. But anyway, Shane, anything else? Who writes those stories, Britt? Oh, me, you know. Oh, hey. old me. Um, all right, yeah, go to GoPHNX. Follow us at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at PHNX Sports or at Facebook or Instagram. Um, follow me on Twitter at Shane D. Follow Brittany on Twitter at bboyer 7 um it's been a fantastic show um thanks for hanging out with us and we will see you on tuesday peace guys see you guys thanks